Hi, my name's Tara Humphrey and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast, where I will be sharing interviews and insights from the field of healthcare. The Business of Healthcare podcast is brought to you by THC Primary Care, where we provide operations and project management to primary care networks. If you are a clinical director or a practice manager and your to-do list is growing by the minute and you could do with an extra pair of hands to support you to roll out your network-based contracts and projects, I would love to help you. We also provide consultancy and coaching advice to healthcare business owners and clinical leads looking to take the next step in their career or their business. Come and check us out at www.thcprimarycare.co.uk. Hey, and welcome back to the Business of Healthcare podcast. I hope you guys are doing well. So I've been super excited for this podcast for a while. I had the pleasure of speaking with Geraldine Parker-Smith, who is a national BAME marketing manager at NHS Blood and Transplant. This podcast doesn't really need an introduction. We jump straight into it. I have given blood, strongly, highly believe in it. I'm more than happy, more than willing to spread the message. There's lots of information that you'll take away from this episode, whether you've given blood or whether you haven't, learning about sickle cell, learning about the initiatives NHS Blood and Transplant get involved in and what to do if you can't give blood. We all play a role. Enjoy and please, 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 please do share this one. Hey, Geraldine, thank you so much for joining us today on the Business of Healthcare podcast. How are you doing? I'm good. Thank you, Tara. And thank you very much for inviting me. Oh, my pleasure. We were just talking about, before we press record, how our paths cross because a few weeks, probably about two months ago now, I recently gave blood as a result of seeing a story on Instagram where the lady was saying not enough people were giving blood and she had um, sickle cell. And I, at that time, I just thought, oh, I'll try. I'll, I'll see if I can. And I did it like there and then. I went onto the website coincidentally there was um a clinic not even a mile away from me like next Tuesday next Tuesday or Thursday I went down I was very very nervous and I was thinking am I going to be able to am I going to be able to I'm going to be able to is it going to hurt and it was it was such a good experience the person that uh, like the technician that did it we just having a good old chat I didn't feel faint. I had no side effects and it was absolutely fine. And I did think, I can't believe I haven't done this before. So that's kind of the layup to this interview. So could you share with our audience um, a little bit about who you are and what you do today? So my name is Geraldine Parker-Smith and I am the National Black and South Asian Marketing Manager for NHS Blood and Transplant. And my role is to, I offer what we call a relationship management piece to our stakeholders, charities, and work with campaigns in order to raise awareness for the need for more both blood and organ donors from within the black community for the blood side of things. Regarding organ donors, I raise the awareness again within the black and South Asian community for more people to um, organ donor or to sign on to the organ register. 
I love what I do, my job every day. Um, I'm very, very um, driven by what I do. It's nice to know, to hear that you've seen some content and that's what encouraged you to want to seek further to become a blood donor. And that's fantastic because that's what we, we try to do. We create content to engage um, the audience for them to simply do exactly what you did, to be intrigued, to say, I want to become a blood donor, to sign up, book an appointment and then go along and donate that vital pint. There is a clinical need both for, for more bl um, black blood donors and there was also a clinical need for organ donation. And the reason why there's a clinical need for more um, people from the black community to come forward to donate blood is simply because we, and as you said, you've seen the post about somebody who's suffering from sickle cell. And there's many, many thousands of people out there in the community that unfortunately have um, suffering from this blood disorder. And what they need is to receive a blood transfusion from somebody that has what we call the RO subtype blood group within their blood. And that is predominantly found in the Black African and the Black Caribbean community. So hence why we have a massive drive to try and encourage um, people from that community to come forward. Because unfortunately, there's around about 3,000 babies born every year with the full-blown sickle cell. And a part of their treatment will be to will be um, to receive blood transfusions. And as I said, this needs to come from somebody that has the RO blood subtype. Okay, so you discuss a clinical need. Is there an actual shortage? So what it is, there is there's babe. So, so there's about three thousand babies that are born annually um, with a full blown sickle cell disorder. And there's roughly around about 15,000 patients at the moment in the UK that need to receive regular blood transfusions. And as I said, because the babe, um, there's more babies being born every year with the full-blown four sickle cell, we need to make sure that we have enough blood available for when they come in hospital and need to receive those regular blood transfusions. It's almost like not everybody from the Black community will have the RO blood type. And that RO blood type, which is predominantly found in the Black Afro-Caribbean and the Black African community, is what we call the ethical match blood that these sickle cell patients need to receive. When they receive the blood transfusion from somebody that got the RO blood type within their blood group, it means there's a better match for them. And so it means that, you know, that it's better for their health. It's better for once they receive that blood transfusion, it makes them feel, you know, a lot better and what it would be if it was from somebody that didn't have the RO subtype. And it's also clinically, it's it's the best match and it gives longevity. So when I got I was waiting for my test, I was thinking, oh, I want to be that special one. I really want to be that special one. And I was like, oh, I'm just boring B. I'm just boring B plus. I'm not special. I'm not that one in a million. Could somebody have my blood that if you ran out of their special type the premium top shelf would it still help yeah absolutely yes it would still help but what we wouldn't want to do so for instance your b plus will go to anyone anybody so we would always use your blood donation because that goes to anyone so just like that we need as many blood, blood donors as we can to come forward just for you know all of the different reasons why people need to receive blood transfusion so every blood donation is used but it's just for um, sickle cell cases so if we didn't have enough RO blood, we would give them, you know, the next available blood group that, that they're allowed to have. But it's just that when they have that RO blood, it's a lot better 
for them. Um, so that's the reason why NHSBT has running campaigns and raising the awareness for more people from the black community to come forward because it just is better for their health and gives them a longevity in life. And it's better that we give them the right blood match rather than giving them, you know, the subtype, which is fine. And sometimes that does have to happen. But because these sickle cell patients receive blood transfusion every month, it's best that we give them the right blood group that they need. And are you seeing more people from ethnic minorities coming forward or is it is it still a struggle? No, you're absolutely right. Since we've been campaigning really heavily, really um, raising the awareness within the black community, we have seen so many black people come forward to register and book themselves an appointment and donate, which is absolutely fantastic. You know, fair play to all of those people that have come forward and we really have noticed a difference. But because I said it's a growing number with the sickle cell patients being born every year, we still need to see more people come forward. So people are coming forward, but I know there's a lot more out there that we probably haven't reached with our campaign or reached with the message. So we still every day, it's part of our um, our marketing, part of our promotion, part of our raising awareness. The team are out there, the, you know, the social media team are out there trying to create content to make sure that we can reach the audience. The, the marketing teams are out there. Everybody's doing their piece, medium PR, every opportunity that we can get to educate the, the public about the need for black donors, um, we will do it. And I must say the community's been very good. And yes, we'd like to see a lot more come forward. So outside of social, what sorts of campaign? So I kind of, I, I'm picturing, you know, like bus stop signs, but outside of that and outside of social what sorts of initiatives are you doing and what sort of initiatives drive those numbers yeah so that's a very good question so we do lots of things we partner with lots of black organizations or black charities or organizations that have a large workforce of um, black employees for instance like um, the NHS for instance like Royal Mail um, so what we will do, we would partner with those organisations and we would create content either for their website or content that they can share with their staff or whatever, however we want to work in collaboration to get that message out. That's what we will do. For instance, we recently ran a, a campaign with Tropical Sun. The Tropical Sun is a, uh, a food distribution company that um, distributes their products to a lot of black and south asian shops grocers um, and so we they, they came forward and wanted to work with us and we were able to put a message on their rice bags the rice bags went to twenty five thousand households so people that purchased rice there was a message on there about the need for people to donate blood so we had a story from a lovely lady and her son her son circles suffers from sickle cell and she you know she gave a little plea encouraging people to register and donate blood and we created these stickers and we, we stuck those on the rice on the rice bags and those went out to to the shops obviously 25,000 people were able to to purchase those so that was a way of us getting a message into the household which is fantastic so that's one partnership we've just started an initi- initiative majority-led black churches where they are working with us in terms of allowing us to come into their churches on on a Sunday or their church events that they have on the weekends. And they are allowing us to come in and give a talk and a presentation to the congregation. And then we end up with a recruitment drive at the end of the the presentation. 
as part of the presentation, we would also have someone share their story about what it's like living with sickle cell. Um, and they would hear that first stand and then, you know, we would then sort of sign up afterwards. So that, that's quite a good initiative that's going, going extremely well so far. One of the churches are actually putting on a massive concert. I think it's around about the 10th, the 9th or the 9th of October. And again, all in the age of raising new awareness about the need for more blood and organ donors. And also a lot of these churches have massive conventions. Again, they're allowing us to come in, have stores, have stands where we can sign up people, where we can talk and educate people around the need for black, um, around the need for more um, people from the black community to become blood donors. So yes, absolutely phenomenal. We've also um, just recently launched what we call our community investment scheme, where people from the community, individuals or charities, were able to tender for um, a sum of money to run their own campaign within their community to raise the awareness about the need for blood and organ donors. And they, that's literally just started in the last three months. That seems to go well. A lot of people have created some some great cultural content, which is absolutely phenomenal. I mean, they're the best people to talk about the donation on the grounds because they're part of the community. They know the community and they can create their own content that's going to really engage and, and resonate the community to um, want to um, hopefully become a blood donor and book that vital um, appointment. We also do what we do. We want to make sure that the donors, because we've gone out with this, this plea, to really engage the black community. We want that when they come along to, to a session, they feel comfortable, they feel inclusive. So what we've just started being doing is having what we call bespoke black donor sessions, specifically for the black community. And we tailor it and we culture it so that they feel part, they feel inclusive that when they come into us into the center, they don't feel, you know, I'm the only black person here and what's happening. Yeah. So can I, so I suppose, it, I mean, it doesn't really count for me because I live in a predominantly white area but I know exactly it's I know exactly what you mean because I was the only black person that was there so I think that if I was it would definitely encourage me you know I would travel to go to a center where I didn't feel like you know you know when people like look at you but they try not to look at you but they're looking at you and it's just like and I live here you know like so I definitely, I can definitely understand why that is so, so important because you want to do a good thing. So one of the things I was going to say is that some people may not know what sickle cell is. So there's not that motivation. You know, when I was a kid, you know, that was a test. You know, you get tested for it. If you don't know what it is, you don't, you just don't know. There isn't that pull. So what is it and what is life like if you have sickle cell? Can you share yeah, so I'm not a nurse, but I can share with you the, the information that I've received just with talk of risk yeah. and also because my my niece's little girls, they both have the full-blown sickle cell. It's what they call when our sh the sickle cell shape, our cells, that the sickle cell, sorry, so our cells, but for sickle cell patients, their cells shape like a crescent, it's like a half moon. And what they call, what happens is, when they have what they go into what they call a crisis, it's they go into debilitating pain. It's extremely painful, so painful that you can't even touch them. Just really, really painful, and it's something to do with the flow of the blood. Um, and as I said, I'm not 100 percent sure, but not going into it too deep because I don't want to give out the wrong yeah. information. But it's yeah, but it's something to do with the, the, the flow of the blood 
flown from their body and because of the, the sickle cell crescent. And so they go into extreme pain. And what they need to do is ha have a um, go into hospital for those that, because um, not every sickle cell patient needs to receive a blood transfusion, but those that have that full blown blood disorder. And yeah, so part of their treatment is to receive a blood transfusion, what we call a blood exchange. So they'll go into hospital, they'll be hooked up to a machine and it will, you know, it exchanges their blood and it will give them the new, you know, the new blood that somebody has donated. Yeah, have that exchange. And then after they receive that exchange, that blood exchange, it's like they're a new person again. You know, there's no more pain. You know, they can go on and do live a normal life. Um, as one person said to me, before she has that blood transfusion, she can't, she has a, a daughter and she just, she can't even hug her daughter. She can't be a mum, you know, she can't even do anything. But once she goes in and receives that regular blood transfusion, it transforms her life. She's like a new person with a new lease of life. And they have to have those blood transfusions every four to six weeks. Okay, wow. So that's what we're doing. We are making somebody able to live a normal life and just yeah and just impact their family or their friends their loved ones so so I just want to say a huge thank you to all of those blood donors that have come forward from the black community and especially those that have got the RO blood what you're doing is absolutely amazing and not just those who got the RO blood just people like you and I who don't have the RO but donating blood helps to save so many people whether it's somebody in childbirth or somebody who needs blood because they've been in a, in a car accident, whether it's just somebody that just needs to receive regular blood transfusion for cancer or for leukemia or for whatever reasons. Every blood donor is so vital and so important because they're literally having to save and improve somebody's life. And that is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. So what impact has the pandemic had on blood donors? Initially, lots of people were scared to come out of that, leave their homes so obviously blood donation you know was on that list and that, that dropped down so people weren't coming out because they were you know they just just weren't, weren't too sure whether they could the government of good consent that was okay for people to donate blood during the pan okay. pandemic yeah okay. so people could come out but obviously we had to make sure that the sessions were geared up with social distancing all the staff had to wear masks the donors that came in had to wear masks and it was literally just in and out we tried to get you know, everybody put their appointment and we tried to make sure that the appointments are that people come in they give their donation and the, the chairs are socially distanced so you know whether it's five people five beds are set up they come in two minutes apart everybody's got their masks they donate so we did see a drop because obviously people were just a little bit nervous to come out which is um, understandable but we did raise the awareness campaign encouraging people that it's safe to donate blood and then let them know um, how our sessions were being managed and how, you know, when they come along, what, you know, that we, were expect, we were expecting them to come with a mask and we'd have sanitised and all of that stuff. So it did take a dip. And we, we obviously with lots of campaigning, we've seen, you know, the numbers um, increase again. But yeah. And what will you be doing is coming up to Black History Month. Do you do anything special around this time? Yes, 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 yes. I'm so excited about our Black History Month campaign. So that's one of the campaigns that I'm leading on. And this year, the theme of the campaign is, is to, a lot to say thank you to, thank you for, to say thank you to those amazing stakeholders, donors, recipients, charities that help to support, to raise the awareness about the need for blood donation and organ donation. It's a time for us to say thank you. NHSBT for the last five years has gone out with this plea 
that we need more people from the black community to come forward and donate blood or, or come forward and sign up and have that conversation with your family about organ donation. And we've gone out and people have come forward and we work with some amazing partners um, who just voluntarily do amazing stuff to raise the awareness and campaigning. So the, the campaign is all about saying thank you to them. So we've got a lovely video, introduction video with a lovely celebrity who's going to talk about what our, our plans are for the month. We've, we're looking back in history of some of the amazing nurses who were working with the Black Caribbean retired nurses that helped to shape and form the NHS and are now doing amazing work to still trying to promote the awareness of blood donation and organ donation within their within their retirements. It's absolutely amazing. We're speaking to some fantastic case studies, people that have received a blood transfusion, and then sharing their story, how grateful they are, and saying thank you to the amazing donors that donate. We've got Dear Donor Letters, again, amazing people writing letters to Dear Donor, we're going to show on social. We've got some great influencers that will come on board. A, a fantastic video with an influencer. I'm not going to say who they are. Ah, oh, give us a scoop. <laughs> <laughs> The myths out there around blood donation and they're going to really do it in a really perky creative and fun style to get the message out because there's a lot of myths out there like one of the things one of the myths out that if i've got the sickle cell trait can i donate blood yes you can you can oh. donate blood but i think a lot of people out there don't realize that so we're going to try and cover a lot of those things and we're having an online award ceremony recognition ceremony to say thank you to all of our stakeholders again for um, an amazing stuff we've got lots of great lots of stuff lots of great stuff going on it's funny you mentioned earlier about the iron levels which within the black community that we tend to suffer a lot with low iron levels so we're going to have a webinar that people can dial into and we're going to have a nutrition talk about the iron levels and what are the foods that we can eat to make sure that we can keep our iron levels boosted up so yeah some great stuff coming up so some of those myths outside of like I'm scared of I mean it's not a myth if you're scared of needles and I get it like it's not a small one <laughs> don't look at it um but what are, are some of the other myths why do people not come forward is it a myth or they just don't know I don't know one is um the awareness they don't know two one of the other myths people don't come forward unfortunately Tara is people, some people, not all, I wouldn't say all, but some people within the black community have a distrust with the NHS because of how their grandparents were treated and their great-grandparents were treated when they first came into this country. So that's kind of embedded in them. And because of that, they have this mistrust. So what we, NHSBT, what we're trying to do is try to dispel some of those mistrusts and try, and as I said, try to let them know that you know, whatever the experiences that the grandparents may have, have, have come up against back in those days, they're not here now. And that's why we're doing things like the Beast Black Donor Session so that they can see black nurses or black donor carers. Yeah. They can see more people from the black community coming forward and doing it. So, and to, they can see that it's an inclusive organisation. So it's trying to dispel some of those myths around the mistrust. And then there's just this fear that people think, oh, they don't want my blood. You know, they, they don't want my blood. They're not going to use my blood. And so a lot of that is out in the community as well. But it's just doing things like what you're doing now, Tara, with me, to be able to create this wonderful content on a podcast to let people know that, yes, we do need 
your blood. We need every donation. And it's not just for sickle cell patients. Yeah. And I think that's really helpful because I was a bit disappointed. I did think I'm not special. You're just going to chuck mine in the bin. (laughs) It doesn't mean the blood that we collect. It's not black, black donors for black, for for black patients. It's for anyone, (laughs) whatever nationality we are. It's just only the sickle cell bit, I said, because that RO is probably found in the Black Africa and Black Caribbean. But donating blood, if you haven't got the RO blood, goes to anyone, whether you're white, South Asian, Chinese, Black, mixed race, Jewish, whatever nationality you may from, every blood donation is given to either um, ethnicity. And how long have you worked for NHS Blood and Transplant? Tara, I've worked for NHS um, Blood and Transplant for 23 years, 23 years. And what keeps you there? I love it. Knowing that every day when I wake up and I I go into work, I switch on my computer, knowing that I'm literally having to save or improve people's lives gives me the drive, gives me the tenacity, gives me the strength and the first to do what I, I do. I love it. I always say to my friends and family, I have one of the best jobs in the world because I'm literally having to save and improve someone's life and what greater, you know, can that be? Mm. And I meet, I get to meet such incredible people, people that are so grateful for receiving their blood transfusions, for receiving an organ from somebody, you know, who a stranger that have donated an organ People are so grateful and they just want to share their story. They just want to work with us to raise the awareness about the need for more blood and organ donors. And I absolutely love my job. That's lovely to hear. And I think one of the motivations, I think, for anybody that's not sure is that I did have to think, I've got three children. We always think nothing's going to happen to us, but but what you just never know, it may be me, it may be my kids, it may be my husband, it may be my sister, maybe my nieces and nephews, my friends, my colleagues. So I think it's one day we're going to need to call on some something for somebody and we just hope that it's reciprocated. Absolutely right. Absolutely right, Tara. And could I just say this? One of my best friends, one of my best friends, Debbie, Sadly, was diagnosed with breast cancer in her early 40s. And um, she said to me, Geraldine, she said, what you do is absolutely phenomenal. She said as part of her treatment, she needed to receive blood transfusions. And she said, you don't know what those blood transfusions do for me. She said, as soon as it hits my bloodstream, she said, it's like a miracle. She said, I get colour back in my cheek. I get the life again. And she said, I can go back home and be a good wife to my husband and a mother to my children. And she said, it is absolutely just wonderful. So thank the amazing blood donors mm-hmm. for what they do. And that was my best friend. Sadly, we, she, we did lose her. She, you know, mm-hmm. she didn't make it. But every time as part of her journey, every time she received those regular blood transfusions because she was diagnosed mm-hmm. with cancer, when she received that blood transfusion, mm-hmm she was able to be a mum and a wife again. What can people do if they can't give blood? Because not everybody can. So what can they do? Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Not everyone can. So what they can do is spread the word, is spread the message. They may not be able to donate themselves, but they can amplify our messages when they see it on social. They can encourage friends and families to donate blood. They, If, they, um, if they're 
they're at a company, you know, they can get in contact with us. Maybe we can come, we can work with their partner with their company to raise your awareness. You know, if they're a, a community group, maybe we can do something in their community group to raise your awareness. There's lots of things that they can do. Just work with us to just just pass on that that vital message that we need more. Thank you so much. So where can people go if they want to find out more information? Blood.co.uk. Excellent. And look out on social media for our Black History Month campaign and amplify the message and spread the word. Absolutely. so much for joining us if you like what you hear i would absolutely love it if you left us an itunes rating and five star review i know many of you give us a shout out on social media which is lovely to see you guys listening to the podcast so please come and find us on twitter at thc primary care on instagram at thc primary care and on linkedin just look for tara humphrey and if you're not subscribed to our newsletter please do. It's really, really funny. You get to hear more insights, more confessions, some tips and tools and a roundup of our activity over the week. So click on join the newsletter in the show notes and I will see you in the next episode.